Alright, welcome back to the Bo Sox Crazy Podcast, a crazy Red Sox, I'm sorry, a regular Red Sox podcast for crazy Red Sox fans. My name is Tiny Levitt, I'm your host as always, coming to you live from my parents' basement because that's what I'm doing these days. Uh, big, big weekend here for the Red Sox, a three-game series out in New York, and I'm looking forward, we're going to talk about it, but you know, here we are at 6:27. We're 33, I guess, 38 minutes out from first pitch, and I'm pretty pumped up. So hopefully, you get a chance to listen to this uh, maybe during the game tonight, or you know, you look back on the Friday section, and you're as you're preparing for this Saturday Sunday. We're going to do it slightly differently uh, today, as opposed to what we've done the past couple episodes. We're going to do a little preview of this upcoming series. I want to give you a couple stats about each of the pitching matchups, uh, things that. You know, I'm looking for uh, in the games, and obviously, shout out to the MLB for understanding the magnitude of this series, and we're going to get to this later, but every single game in the series is um, televised on the national TV, MLB TV tonight, FS1 tomorrow, and then obviously Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN on Sunday. So shout out to the MLB. Real quick, a couple things that I mean, we need to go over. I mean, nine games on the bump, Red Sox keep winning. 2-0 victory on Tuesday night. Chris Sale is unreal. It, it is. It, we cannot overstay. It, it, I, I just. I want to use my voice and express as much joy as possible when I say this. Chris Sale brings me such nachas. That's Yiddish for happiness and proudness combined. Nachas and and pride that he, he puts on the Red Sox uniform. And I honestly, I, honest to God, like this isn't you know me trying to jinx anything. This isn't me trying to you know gloat. I honestly expect a win. He puts on that jersey, and I'm expecting a W. I half, I half expect whoever's starting the outfield kind of you know warms up their their tap shoes before Chris Sale starts because because they know they know. I mean, this dude is unreal. Another eight innings of great ball, and just like we talked about last time, I mean, you go Chris Sale, C- Craig Kimbrell. I mean, game over. It's it, it's it is so unlikely that given that pairing, a team is going to beat us. And so you know, another two. 2-0 victory, not so much run support, uh, which is a little out of character for us in a Chris Sale start, but not the end of the world because, again, Chris Sale, dirty money. Dirty, dirty money. I don't mean that because it's, you know, bad. I mean that because he throws filthy stuff, and it's, you know, almost hard for me to understand exactly what it is he's doing because it's so above my level. 8-2 victory on Wednesday. Greek Porcello, a uh, couple Red Sox trends bucked on uh, Wednesday. Run support for Rick Porcello. For all you guys who are Rick Porcello apologists. And you know what? Shout out to Rick Porcello because he put it together. Two innings. What was it? Six or seven innings. I don't have it in front of me. Rick Porcello. Sixth inning. He come down. He threw five shutout innings. And I really thought that after he gave up the first homer, he looked shook. And and he gets an out and he looks kind of shaky. And he gives up an absolute shot to Brad Miller. I was watching that. I was kind of in and out during that game making my way uh, to a job interview, or, you know, had a job interview the next morning going up to New York, and I got a chance to watch that inning, and Brad Miller just freaking unloaded on one. That that ball off the bat, I knew. Everybody knew. Porcello had this awful face, and then, but then he, he came, <clears throat> he came back, he was determined, and from the first pitch in the Longoria at bat, right after, you know, a strike down and away, he was paint, he was dirt, he was like, I'm getting out of this inning, and th- that wasn't something that we've seen from Porcello all year. I think a lot of the times, Porcello kind of has snowballed on himself when he's 
and got into trouble. And when you see him come, give up these two homers, you know, he had an out in between, but nonetheless, he had two homers in one inning. He had been so nice up until then. And then he came back and he says, no, 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 this is me. And he shut down Longoria, looked dominant in that at-bat, got out of the inning, gave us a little more the next inning, and that was it. I mean, Rick Porcello, really nice to see that from him, because that's exactly what we're going to hopefully have from him in the back end of the rotation of the playoffs, because, I mean, that's what we need. We need consistency moving forward, and obviously, we're, you know, we're in the middle of a hot streak, in the middle of a nine-game winning streak, knock on wood, uh, but... You know, to see that, this is something different that we haven't seen from Porcello this year. Obviously, we've seen it from him in the past. You know, shout out to last year. But, good to see him do that. And while we're talking Porcello, real quick. I say real quick a lot. Somebody should do and tweet at me, at loudespinions. And if you want to email the podcast at bosoxcrazy at gmail. I'm sorry, bosoxcrazypodcast at gmail.com. So if you want to uh, make fun of me for saying real quick. And um, feel free to send an email or at me on Twitter. But real quick, I, I mean it this time. And yeah, a little bit of irony, a little bit of a, a pun there, because Rick Porcello comes in, throws an immaculate inning. That's just dope. I, I don't know. I don't know what who came up with that or anything. But that is just sounds so pristine, immaculate inning. I was texting with a friend about it. Yeah, why don't I even name him? Gavi, you're probably the only listener right now. Gavi, shout out to Gavi out there. Immaculate inning, that just sounds so awesome. Nine pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts, that's dope. And that's the second time, actually, a Red Sox pitcher has done that this year. I mean, you know, the graphics gone around Twitter a whole bunch, and obviously most social media. Craig Kimbrell did it earlier this year. You know, and while we're talking about pitchers who threw an immaculate inning, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that I myself have thrown an immaculate inning. Tenth grade varsity baseball against Waldorf. They had a guy who played third base who looked like a caveman, sort of like the guy from the old Geico commercials, and got him on a curveball and a couple other dudes on some high cheese. Nine pitches, nine strikes. And, of course, my dad missed it. Him and my brother were, like, literally showing up as I walked off the field. And I was like, did, when did you get here? Did you see that? And they're like, what are you talking about? We're getting too much into Hebrew Academy baseball, and, and quite frankly, that's an awful place to be. But... You know, immaculatings are cool, so I had to share. Now, what I want to do uh, for the bulk of this podcast is talk about this series, because a really big series for us. I mean, we're coming off this hot streak. Last time, we had a, se- a series against the Yankees. We came in, we went into first place, and we thought, okay, now we're going to lock down first place. That wasn't how it worked out. And I feel like coming off this you know, short series in Tampa, coming off this hot streak, this is a real opportunity for us to really cement the division. We're four and a half games up on the Yanks right now, and you know I did some research. I prepared for this podcast. I, I know this is a DIY kind of podcast, but I still prepare. I really, genuinely would be shocked if we didn't win two out of three, and I'm expecting two out of three. And you're like, oh, why you gotta be so such an idiot? Don't jinx it. No, like I really think this is us, uh, and I'll tell you why in a sec. So. I just want to set the table a little bit. First off, the Yankees are 6-3 and three against us. We're 3-6 and six against the Yankees this year. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. We are a better team than the Yankees. We were at the beginning of the year. We are now. We need to get back on top. We have 18 games against them, 18 or 19 each year. We need to have a winning record against the Yankees. That's something I took pride on. Kind of growing up, you know, one of the things I loved was seeing that year after year, we had good records against the teams in the AL East. And this, this, we're all right against the teams in the AL East right now. Hovering around 500, game up, game above, game under. I forget exactly where we're at now that we just took those two from the Rays. But we need to be beating the teams that we see, most importantly among them the Yankees. 
because fuck those guys. So they're six and three against us. We're three and six, obviously. Not okay. You know, this kind of reminds me last year. Um, no, I'm sorry, not last year. I was thinking back the last time that there was really a meaningful series with real playoff implications between these two teams. I, I couldn't find one since 2009. In 2009, we they swept us in August. They swept us in September. And, you know, they won the division with 105 wins. Couldn't believe they had 105 wins. We had 95, actually, that year. A really good team that, unfortunately, fizzled out against the Angels in the playoffs. But, you know, if we took half those games, I mean, you know, the Yankees won the division by eight games, but you never know. If we could have just won half those games, it could have painted a really different picture in the division, and now the Yankees are in that position. They're four and a half games back, and they really need this. We need to get on top and take care of business against the Yankees. We can't let that happen. This is our, you know, it's really not a good situation to be in the wild card this year. I think there are a lot of good teams, and I think we match up well against Cleveland. I know they beat us in the playoffs last year, but I was shocked. I don't think they're going to ever have a bullpen run. I don't think there is, you know, going to be a bullpen run like that this year in the playoffs. I, I just don't foresee it. I mean, it, you know, if it happens, and, and you remember this, at me on Twitter, at me wherever you want, find me. And But I just don't see it happening. And so, you know, I don't mind the matchup against the Indians. And quite frankly, I mean, I just, I want to win this division. Like, you know, people are like, oh, the Yankees are here early. Yankees trajectory, they're, they're the team to beat for years to come. No. Screw that. We're the team. We're going to win this division. So this is a big series for us. And another reason, so first reason I should say, that we're going to win this series is the Yankees suck against lefties. This has been the case for the past three years. The Yankees are terrible against lefties, and we're only starting lefties. we got Eddie tonight, Drew tomorrow, and obviously the man Chris Sale on Sunday for Sunday Night Baseball. And the Yankees are a disaster versus lefties. I think right now on the season they're 230 batting 230 against uh, left-handed pitching, and that is probably even worse going back to last season. I mean, they were just horrendous last season. I mean, if you take on Didi Gregorius, who's got these weird reverse splits, they're, I mean, left-on-left left is just, they're really bad against lefties, so I really feel confident that we're going to be able to get some get some good stuff out of them. So, real, so how I want to do this, I've got the pitching matchups in front of me, and we're going to go through real quick. Friday, Eddie Rodriguez, this is going to be his eighth start against the Yankees. Let me give you some numbers. 4 and 1, 2660 RA in these seven starts. And in Yankee Stadium, this is going to be his fourth start. He's given up two and runs or fewer in all three starts. He has great numbers against every single Yankee except Ellsbury, Didi Gregorius, and Todd Frazier. And quite frankly, the way each of those, you know, especially Ellsbury and Frazier are swinging the bat, yeah. I don't know. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. You know, you know. I, not everything is going to go as I predict. Obviously, I'm no soothsayer, but you know, I'm just not worried about Todd Frazier, Jacoby Ellsbury, Didi Gregorius has has been you know having a fine season, but you know, he's not a guy I'm worried about. When you when Sanchez, Judge, you know, Headley, even I don't know. He he's been like a randomly decent piece for them. Holiday. They they don't have guys who are hitting Ed, Eddie Rodriguez. And I like him on a Friday night in that red jersey going up against the Yankees because he's not phased. You know, the numbers speak for themselves. 2-6-6 ERA and 7 stars. Hopefully he'll capitalize on that. And then another reason why we're going to win tonight is because they're pitching Jaime Rodriguez. And he's awful. It is shocking to me that two teams wanted to trade for this guy because there's just nothing there. It's hysterical to me that the Yankees 
you know, option Jordan Montgomery to AAA <laughs> after they traded for him because we'll talk about Jordan Montgomery later because he's pitching on Saturday. But, I mean, Jaime Rodriguez is bad, and Jordan Montgomery's a top 10 ground ball starter in the MLB. Look at the peripherals. Look at the numbers. I mean, Jordan Montgomery's a solid guy, and then they trade for Jaime Rodriguez, and they have to <laughs> demote him. It's just dumb. Jaime Rodriguez is the kind of lefty that, I just feel like we're going to crush. Hanley, you know, he's only uh, pitched against us a couple times, but, you know, I'm just not, like, I'd be shocked if we didn't put up four runs tonight. Hanley is three for six against him. Chris Young, one for two, but, God, if there was a guy who was just, like, who was born for the sole purpose of getting, of giving up a home run to Chris Young, it was Jaime Rodriguez. I mean, in his last five starts, Two and three, six five three ERA, a five six six ERA in his last ten starts. This guy isn't good. He, you know, he had a nice start to the season with Atlanta, and good for him. And you know, the NL East, which is shit. And now he's, you know, already before the trade, even he started slumping. And now he's in the AL Beast. You want him to face the Red Sox? Are you kidding me? We gotta, I mean, you know, this is a night where I imagine a righty stack. I haven't seen the lineup just yet. It's been announced, but I imagine we're going to sit Mitch Moreland, play Hanley at first, and, and run Nooney out there to get just at maximum, maximum right-handed bats. And obviously, I'd be absolutely, utterly shocked if Chris Young didn't start today. So, I expect a righty stack against Jaime Rodriguez, and I expect a lot of runs. No fewer than four. That would be shocking. Saturday... Oh, and this is the MLB Network game tonight, so I love MLB Network, so really good for them. Uh, Saturday, 4-5 star FS1 game, Drew Pomerantz against Luis Severino. This is probably the best pitching matchup of the whole weekend. Drew Pomerantz, a lot of Yankees hit him, but the numbers are a bit skewed because he had that awful, awful start last year, late in the year, and they clobbered him. But for what it's worth... Sanchez, Ellsbury, Di Gregorius, Brett Gardner, and a couple other guys also all hit Pomerantz well over their career. But that said, again, the Yankees suck against lefties, and they had one really good, you know, day against Drew, and he just didn't have his stuff or whatever it was. I really think that, you know, these numbers are overblown. I really believe that the Yankees can't hit lefties. Like, I've seen over the past few years, like when I watch games, they, they just look lost out there against lefties, and Drew is on a streak, you know, that we haven't seen since he came to the Red Sox. I mean, he's pitching just as well as he did when he was an all-star in San Diego last year, and, and this is exactly what we need. You know, tomorrow's a great day for him to solidify exactly what he's been doing. Just, you know, remind on a national stage that, hey, I was worth that trade for Anderson, Anderson Espinosa. Yeah, Espinosa's hurt, and so people are like, oh, we won that trade. Forget when the trade. All we want after a trade, forget the guy, is the guy that you know, forget the guy we gave away. Is the guy that we got, Drew Pomerantz, is he performing? And he absolutely is. And so I feel like tomorrow's a good opportunity for him. Again, the Yankees suck. And the Yankees suck against lefties. Luis Severino, he's really the only pitcher in New York that scares me. You know, people are like, oh, Sonny Gray, Sonny Gray. You know, Masir Tanaka, you know, he's been good. Those guys don't scare me. Luis Severino is really talented. And he pitches well against us. Really only uh, Pedroia and Benintendi have hit against him. And I've just got this sneaking suspicion that we could have a fight on Saturday. There is nothing that has, you know, happened that, you know, leads me to think, oh, there's going to be a fight. No, I just have this sneaking suspicion that, you know, this season for us and for the Yankees, you know, and for the biggest rivalry in baseball, one of the biggest rivalries in, in U.S. sports, you know, it would be nice 
to, out of a little passion, I went to a Yankees-Red Sox game, and it was at 2012-2013, in Yankee Stadium on a Sunday night, Sunday night baseball, I wore my poppy jersey, and I literally came in looking for a fight, I was yelling, screaming, cussing people out, and no one gave a crap, and it was insulting, it was really insulting to me, it was sad for me that the Yankees didn't give a crap, I mean, whatever, screw those guys, but it's good for baseball when there's passion on both sides, and it's good for baseball when this is a really good rivalry, so... I just have a hunch Saturday's going to be a good game, and if someone gets beaned, I don't know, could be a fight. That's the game if, you know, if we had to lose one of them, you know, Saturday, nothing against Drew, I think, you know, he's in line for a good pitch, uh, a good start, but, you know, if we're going to lose one, Luis Severino's really, really good, so that, that would be the one I would expect us to lose, you know, if we had to lose one. I still think there's a good chance we could walk out of here with a sweep. Sunday night baseball, I am expecting a win. You know, I call, I'm calling a win tonight on Friday night, and I wouldn't be surprised if we won tomorrow at all. You know, but I'm expecting a win Sunday night. Chris Sale dominates, dominates the Yankees. He dominates everybody, and the Yankees suck against lefties. I mean, I'm, I've been saying it over and over again. You're gonna be like, Tani, you're a broken record. This is you know, this isn't a good podcasting. This is your third podcast ever. Like, I know, but these just these are just facts. Like, I'm not I'm not. You know, looking for narratives. I'm, I'm just looking for facts. The Yankees are terrible against lefties. Chris Sale is dominant. And he's dominant against these guys specifically. We're going to win this game on Sunday night. Jordan Montgomery, I know I sang his praises earlier. He's back up in the majors. But, you know, I, th- I still think, like, that's a guy who we can take advantage of. Especially when you have smart, smart hitters. You know, I expect, you know, Hanley... Petey, Chris Young, these guys who just know what they're doing when they're up at the plate, Nooney too, you know, these guys, I just have a feeling they'll know what to do with his pitches, that said, he's scarier than people realize, you know, people will be like, oh, well, he got demoted to AAA, that was simply a matter of roster mismanagement, not really uh, an indictment of his ability, that was kind of a stupid trade, if you ask me, a stupid, stupid deal for the Yankees, I think they did it having in mind that Luis Severino, they're going to want to taper his innings as they get closer to the playoffs, because hopefully, you know, he's already exceeding his uh, pitch count from last year in terms of innings, and they, they don't necessarily have an innings limit, you know, no job rules, but they want to maybe scale back Luis Severino as we get closer to the playoffs, and then hopefully, you know, have some more gas out of him in the playoffs, but, you know, I wish him well, he should only have, you know, happiness in his life, but I really hope he pitches poorly from now until the end of his Yankees career, whatever he does elsewhere, as long as it's not against us, whatever, but, you know, for now, so the only reason they did the the Jaime Garcia trade was, you know, hopefully, I imagine, to ease the innings uh, stress on Luis Severino, but that's why they had to option Montgomery, and, you know, so I still think that he's a pretty decent pitcher, that said, I think, you know, we can get him all, and really... All we need, two, three runs. One run on a good night. I'm expecting a win from Sale. I, you know, I'm not giving him, you know, so much love other than, you know, I expect it. I'm not, there's no, there's no real analysis to be done. Chris Sale is dominant. Chris Sale is the AL Cy Young winner. And I expect him to do quite nicely on Sunday night. And I ex- expect us to win. A couple other things before we head out. Hopefully a short podcast. Get, get out of here in five minutes. Uh, funny article in... I think the Globe, you know, this is uh, Nooney's return to the Yankees, uh, or to New York at least. You know, he learned a lot, you know, coming up behind a left side of the infield in second base of Cano, Jeter, and A-Rod. You know, I hate those guys, but those are three 
real good, real, real good infielders to learn from and to be mentored by. So, you know, good article about that. You know, Nunez, oh, hopefully he does some damage, you know. I wouldn't mind a little bengi bang off of Jordan Montgomery or off whoever, really. If Nunez feels the need to homer off of any given Yankee pitcher, I, I'll get behind it, absolutely. Uh, something I missed on, th- what was it? last podcast 400th win for Farrell at the end of last week mazel tov to him uh you know especially with all the Farrell hate uh in Boston this is a real milestone for him little voice crack there a a real milestone for John Farrell nice to uh see him get that done and you know and that's really good you know think about if Bobby Valentine had stayed as long as Farrell has been here uh, there is no chance he'd have 400 wins. And so if anybody wants to crap on John Farrell, I just want you to remember Bobby Valentine and then say a silent apology to John Farrell if you ever see him, buy him a beer. Because, I mean, he is easily the best manager we've had in this past, uh, you know, since uh, Frank Horner left. And I don't know, 400 wins, good for him. Lastly, uh, Jerry Remy, update on his cancer treatment. You know, he's going to start chemotherapy soon and we only wish him well without him the Nesson broadcast has been a little bit of confusion who they have in the booth you know obviously the Eckersley business and so he's been in he's been out they've filtered through some old Red Sox players which is nice but Remy you know for all his shortcomings is really fun in the booth and I like him and you know the Nesson broadcast is definitely better with him and obviously the world is better when he's not sick so you know wish him all the best and Haslacha, I'm wow, I'm really in the zone. That is success in Hebrew. You should only have health and and you know hopefully a speedy recovery. Last thing, all right, fun things in baseball that happened in the past couple of days before we head out. NL Central. I want to talk about that real quick. All of a sudden, what happened? The Cardinals win the Missouri battle. They sweep. The, the Royals, I got a chance to watch the end of the game last night, and they're pumped up. Not only do they have this rally cat, which is weird, and apparently the rally cat is lost, but, you know, they're one game out of first place in the NL Central. Like, <laughs> we talk about talk about how difficult our division is, uh, and still the Red Sox are four and a half games out before the season. I think vast majority of Red Sox fans would have assumed that the Cubs would be better than us at this point in the year, and here we are, cruising along. And the Cubs are just one game up on the cards, two and a half on the Brewers, and that's a fun, that's a fun division race. And we would never in a million years have expected the Cardinals to be the ones challenging the Cubs, especially after the beginning of the year that the uh, Brewers had. The Brewers just look lost right now, and the Cardinals, you know, Sengwano disaster this year. Stephen Biscotti is in AAA, and still they're one game out. So shout out to the Cardinals, Yanni Molina having a. A, a quiet career year. We always, you know, know how consistent he is and amazing behind the dish, but he's having a career year at the plate, 14, 15 home runs, and, you know, real good for them, and we'll see, you know, hopefully the AL East will have a fairly quiet race as we move through August and into September. Hopefully the Red Sox can, you know, sweep the Yankees this weekend and kind of, I don't want to say go into cruise control, but be a little less concerned about, you know, the people behind us and started thinking about getting ready for the playoffs, setting up our rotation, getting guys rest, you know, but we have to take care of business first. Uh, but on top of that, you know, hopefully the uh, NL Central race looks is shaping up to be a fun one as it goes down to the wire. Uh, again, this is the Bo Sox Crazy Podcast, a regular Red Sox podcast for crazy Red Sox fans. My name is Tyler Levitt. If you want to get in touch, email at the Bo Sox Crazy 
BoSoxCrazyPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to tweet at me, call me an idiot, yell at me, or if you want, you could say nice things. I like those too. I'm at LoudAspinions, L-O-U-D underscore O-S-P-I-N-I-A-N-S, LoudAspinions. And if you would be so kind as to give a rate and review on iTunes or on Stitcher, that's where you know we're going to get more support. Uh, maybe even an ad or two uh, to underlie the costs of maybe a nicer microphone or, I don't know, get some guests, whatever it is. If you want to rate review, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're working on Spotify, working on Google Play, and uh, hopefully the Red Sox can take care of business in New York. Hopefully next time I'm speaking to you, I will be freaking out wearing my Yankees hater shirt, my Yankee hater hat, my Yankee suck shirt. And until next time, I'm Tiny Levin and I'm signing off.